So you're on, we're on live already? Yeah, I think we're live right now. I'm just double checking your, uh, to make sure. You're going to do your little radio host, uh, you're going to do your, your little radio host thing? Yeah, yeah, I'll introduce Welcome. you. Welcome, this, this is another episode of Walnut Commentary. <laughs> this is Aaron here, social media <laughs> officer. <laughs> you're, stealing, you're stealing my lines, man. <laughs> it, just, it just shows you that I listen to you. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. I, I thank you for listening, man. I do thank you for listening. And we are live. We are live right now with Pastor Hanley Liu, FCBC Walnut. I am Aaron, social media officer. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Hanley? I'm I'm doing well. Tired, but but nothing to complain about on my end. Uh, you, you must be tired. You've been preaching. Let's just jump into this, man. You've been preaching. You did two, right? You did back to back. I did three. Um, you did three. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did three. <laughs> Yeah. Shows how much I've been paying attention. You do, <laughs> you've done three back to back to back, back to back to back. How do mm -hmm. you feel? I, I mean, you're tired. Do you feel exhausted? Are you relieved? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, preaching gives, uh, preaching energizes me. So, uh, so actually during COVID, uh, that's when, that's when I think uh, the lead pastors felt like, uh, and we agreed that the senior pastor needs to have more of a voice uh, to unite all three congregations. So now you have this normal rotation of Pastor Albert goes for two weeks uh, as our senior pastor. And then as the English lead pastor, I go for two weeks and we just rotate. Uh, right. But before COVID, I was preaching three times a month on, on normal rotation. Right. And, and that's what I'm comfortable with. Uh, you know, I enjoy preaching. I also like to share the pulpit with other people, but I realize there's certain areas that I'm, I, I can't bless the church as much in those areas. And there's pastors who are more gifted in those areas. So they serve there. Uh, right. And, you know, they, they want me to get into the pulpit. So three was three was good. Yeah, it, it was hard because we're in First Corinthians, you're probably gonna ask me about that. Right. And it, it doesn't really match what's going on with society all the time. You know what I'm saying? So well, I want to I want to still talk about preaching three a little bit. Do you feel that that this is, are you used to this now? Like, have you, are you used to preaching outside? Are you used to preaching to cars? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, how do you, how do you, do you remember what it's like to be in a room with people and preaching? Yeah, you know, I, do, I don't mind. Um, you know, I didn't really mind that much preaching to a video. So it wasn't good. Uh, and, and, and I, I think that was the weirdest thing. So being able to preach to cars, but knowing that people are sitting around their cars or in their cars is much better. Mm -hmm. I'd say a hundred times better than, than preaching to an empty room. I, I was listening to a podcast and I won't say who it is. And, and this preacher, this preacher was saying, you know, all of us pastors, it, it, it's for some of us, it's, it's like, you look like you're you're a hostage. It looks like you're making a hostage video. You're in this dark room. <laughs> like, hello, FCBC, one of the family and friends. You know, it's just the weirdest thing. So just to be able to preach to live people, I'm happy with that. And uh, obviously looking forward to the day we go back indoors and uh, when COVID is over. Yeah. And I do want to paint a better picture for our listeners. They're not always in their cars. We actually have a good amount of people, I think, sitting outside of their cars, um, a lot to the side, some in front of you, some to the other side. So I feel like you have a good like way to keep eye contact with our people. Yeah. Are you well, looking the, at them? For the record, they're all wearing face masks and they're all <laughs> right, uh, right. doing their best to maintain physical distance. <laughs> right. So for the record. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I look over to that group a lot. 
because there's another group that's in the courtyard uh space right, right 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 you're right yeah watching video uh, video and video and i don't get to see them you know i don't get to see them at all so that group actually i, I do look to them and and i do i do get to see some reaction obviously they're all wearing masks and they're all clustered in their little families or husband and wife or 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 if they're single young adults they're kind of spread out yeah and i and i do get to uh, look up to the top tier of the parking lot i do see some of the families uh because there are some individuals that they stand for most of the service and that's pretty cool right. uh, so i can i can see from up there they're like standing and and uh following along and listening yeah do you feel like paul do you feel like jesus <clears throat> no i don't feel no, i don't feel like jesus. <laughs> I, I i just i i think you know open air preaching there is something about it but we definitely need the the sound people to help us get that audio out and they do they've they've set up speakers and all that um yeah it, it is it is weird uh because you know when, when we were preaching to the screen i mean you don't scream at your iphone uh and then you don't scream at the av team uh on, on a camera you know you know most people are watching you on the tv screen so you kind of have a conversational tone uh, to the best of your ability but now you're you're open air so there's this temptation uh to, to put on your inner George Whitfield, not that I've ever heard him preach, but you have this, you, 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 you get into more of a Puritan mentality, like you're making a speech outdoors. Uh, so I, I wonder how the people at home kind of view us, but that's not the hardest part. I think the hardest part are, are if you've noticed, uh, every sermon's been long. Mm. Uh, it's been long. Yeah, I think this past and one went like an hour. <laughs> an hour, yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> tell me the reason. Well, what's the reason? <laughs> Well, you know, we're in First Corinthians, and we're we're in this section where, uh, you know, Paul's rebuking and confronting the Corinthians for their sin. Right. And if we if we are at at least in touch with society as pastors, we know that people are hurting right now. Mm. Uh, sure, there's sin. Sure, there's there's division in the church. Sure, there's pride. Uh, but right now, when the church is pretty much scattered. Uh, even though we are gathered physically once a week outdoors, that's not the entire body. I think this is a time where people need encouragement, they need hope. Uh, and so as things change, like another COVID lockdown or a uh, couple months ago or a month ago, we're dealing with a, with an election uh, and the, the, the presidential election. And, and these are the things that are on the hearts of the flock of God, of, of the members of the church. And so as a pastor, you know, we want to stick with the entire church uh, as English congregation. We want to follow along and stick with First Corinthians. Uh, but I also feel like, you know, that I want to address some of those issues. So I just tack on introductions and applications and it just makes it longer. You know, so this week, I think it's an extra five to 10 minutes in the yeah, front yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's talk about those sermons then. Well, first, I want to, I want to talk about what you just said. So are you imposing our current situation with COVID and with the election onto the text? That, is that what you're doing? I, I, I am, but not eisegesis. So, <laughs> so that's why, that's why it's, it's, very, it's very limiting. Um, mm. you know, so, so oftentimes you'll see, so this week uh, I gave an encouragement up front before I went into the text. And then I went into the text and I preached on, uh, you know, I, I did something on uh, a little bit on celebrity culture and everything. And that's nothing to do with really what's going on with COVID or anything, but it is everything to do with what's going on in the early chapters of, 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 of first Corinthians. Mm. So you'll see that when it came to the presidential election, I used, you know, I preached the passage. There was an emphasis on unity 
and then that's why you know i was able to to do this whole i think i did 15 to 20 minutes after the exposition of just here's how we think through and here's how we unify around right. the gospel and, and, right. and the main issues that are biblical you know so it is a little little bit of that but but no there's no eisegesis there's no forcing uh, forcing things into the text and that's also why sadly there hasn't been an advent or a christmas emphasis mm. you know it's right. it's not that right. i can't right. break away but you know there it, it's it goes against i think my ecclesiology to break away from the other two congregations too much Mm -hmm. Well, okay, Let, let's, let's go into these sermons. And, you know, I, I don't know if you remember this. When we first started Walnut Commentary, I did want to, like, make this sort of geared towards, towards you personally, you as a preacher. I feel like, okay, if we're going to talk about anything, let's talk about your sermons. Let's talk about, like, how your life is as a pastor. But I think because of the current situation, it kind of morphed into like, okay, let's talk about like, um, you know, give announcements and let, let's try to shepherd our people this way. But I, I feel like for this episode, we're going back to our roots and I'm really excited about this to ask you these sermon questions. Uh, are okay, you up to answering these questions? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I think you'd get a lot more listeners, not, not that that's what we're after, but I think we'd get a lot more li listeners if we just talked about hotbed issues. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, and, and, and I, I don't like the celebrity pastor thing myself, so not that I ever will be that because I'm just not that good. But um, yeah, we can go back and talk and painfully let's let's revisit my sermons. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody <laughs> does have any questions they want to send in about the sermons or about Hanley's life or being a pastor, just email Hanley, hanley at fcbcwoman.org and then I will find a way to get them in here. Okay, so this is from the sermon two weeks ago, uh, Strong Words, Stronger Church. And you were talking, this is, this is like near the end of your sermon and uh, I, this is this is somewhat of a quote. Okay, I tried to get your your quote here. You're you're talking about um, celebrities and looking to celeb human celebrities, and then you tried to like I guess move us toward Christ. And you said this: we look to man and praise man. When God wanted to redirect our praise, who did He send? He sent a man, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man, hypostatic genius, 100% man, 100% God. Jesus Christ came as a man to give us the picture of a perfect human. So now you can look to a man who died and resurrected, who is the son of God, and that perfect man, the new Adam, truer and better Adam, points you back to the creator. Uh, do you recall what I'm saying, Hanley? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Okay, and so this is my question. It's a little bit nerdy. I want you to elaborate on this. Uh, also explain the hypostatic union for some of our listeners. Oh, man. And this is, this is where I, I have a question here. Are you saying, okay, that this was the only reason or the main reason why Jesus came as a man? So we can look at him and say, oh, that's a, that's a man. And I can look at him because I, I, I want to ask you, like, where does the atonement come to that? Because my thinking of God became a man, like, doesn't the atonement come first? What, what are you trying to say here? So can you t tackle those questions? Aaron, always election comes first. <laughs> election always comes first. That's why, <laughs> that's why God had to send Jesus as a man to save uh, his people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong, though. You're not but, wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> ordo salutis, right? But uh, I, I, I think no. The 
that that's one of the aspects jesus coming as a perfect man being the the new adam uh and and basically fulfilling what adam should have been uh is 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 part of part of him having to come as as a perfect and sinless man uh and so the atonement is critical and that's related to the perfect man aspect is that is that jesus had to be a hundred percent man to make atonement for the sins of man but yet in order for him to be to make atonement he had to be sinless and if you're sinless how can you be 100 man meaning you're born from adam's genealogy how can you be born from adam as a human but be sinless and that brings into the virgin the virgin birth discussion that it only makes sense if he's god he's the son of god so now you have 100 man 100 god hypostatic union uh, is basically you have you have Jesus Christ explained as 100% God, 100% man, and they're not mixed together. Okay, uh, I think it was Michael Bird who said you don't. It's not like you threw the man and 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 the divinity into a blender and blended it together. Uh, they're separate. Uh, and so so Jesus could be at one point or, or the entire time he's 100% God, but he chooses to empty himself. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that he stops being God. That means that he sets aside, uh, he sets aside some of those divine attributes momentarily uh, to to allow his humanity to, uh, I, I guess, take over and he and you see his weakness. But at the same time, he is a hundred percent man. He's born of the Virgin Mary. So uh, there's a lot of. It depends how deep you want to go there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that answer. Um, sounds like it could be a Christmas. Christmas uh, message if you wanted to make it into one. What you were doing at the end of that sermon, you were you were sort of connecting the dots, I, I think, right? Is that mm -hmm. what you're doing? You're because you started yeah. talking about celebrity culture um, and how we don't have to look at men anymore, like human men. We can look at the God man, Jesus Christ. Is that, right, is that right, fair yeah. what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to say that celebrity culture or looking to celebrities is is not something that's weird or strange. Uh, it's it's natural. It's fallen. It's sinful, uh, but it's natural because of, of God's design of man. Uh, so my point there was that prior to the fall of man, Adam was created in the image of God. Uh, and and when you look to every single human being before the fall of man, the the goal was that you would see the image of God reflecting the glory of God. And so obviously when you look to man, you're not supposed to praise man, you're supposed to praise God. The fall messed that up. So now when you look at greatness in, in human beings, rather than praising the creator, you praise the greatness of the creature. Uh, Jesus comes and he redeems that as the new Adam, he redeems where Adam has fell. Now you actually look to a person who is 100% man and he actually points to God. You can worship him. Uh, and and he points you back to the creator. And uh, so again, it, it's the image of God, I think, that's being redeemed in every believer. Uh, but even the fallen, I mean, every fallen human being has the image of God, God in them. It's not destroyed, it's marred. And so that's what people are worshiping. Yeah. That's what they're praising when they see greatness. Yeah, it's important to make, to make that distinction too, I think, between, um, you know, our, our, are worshiping man uh, versus worshiping God and our ability to worship God through Jesus. I mean, we're worshiping Jesus too. 
would it be heretical for me to say that when I'm singing praises, I'm only singing to the divine aspect of Jesus? Is that a heretical statement? I, I think the beauty of the hypostatic union is you don't have to separate it. You know, because because in his resurrected body, um, I'm not saying that that's his pre-incarnate state, but in his resurrected body, his disciples, they recognized him. There was there was an essence about him where they were terrified in one sense because he's walking through walls. Uh, but in another <laughs> sense, they're like, we recognize him. It's the Lord. Right, it's Jesus. Right. Right. And so if, if our resurrected body is going to look like that, then there's then then that aspect of his humanity never fully disappears. Right. It just mm -hmm. gets perfected in his resurrected body. But yet he's divine. He's 100 percent God. So yeah. I, so I try to think of both. You know, you can worship the Lord, you know, him as as the Christ man, as the son of God. I feel I, I love this, man. I feel like even though we have an audience here, I feel like I'm getting the you know, the straight talk from Pastor Hanley here, one-on-one -on -one here. I appreciate this, man. Thank you. <laughs> this is kind of nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, other, your other sermon, Servants and Stewards. This was your most recent sermon. And uh, you, you were talking about celebrity pastors that fall because mm -hmm. of sexual immorality or corruption. Mm -hmm. And the first thought... Um, that comes to your mind, Pastor Hanley, the first thought that comes to your mind is not that you're better than them, but your thought is that Jesus, that could be me, that could be you, Pastor Hanley, um, experiencing falling because of sexual immorality or corruption. Um, I'd like to, you to elaborate on this. And um, I, I wanna ask you, should I be concerned for you? Should I be scared or worried for you as my pastor? And uh, what are, are you doing anything to prevent this yeah i mean there's so many angles that i could approach this there's so many things that i can say I, I can say that you know maybe maybe 20 years ago or 17 years ago when i started ministry uh and in the early years whenever you heard of celebrity pastors falling uh, typically you know I, I i was like oh yeah i could see that coming because because it was it was someone who you wouldn't consider evangelically conservative or doctrinally sound. It was maybe a TV preacher or someone you're like, I, I could see that coming. Uh, and in some sense, of course, you know that, you know, as, as a human being that we're not invincible and that the enemy will attack us and want to attack us, but it's easier to kind of fall into the trap of like, well, I'm better than that person because I have good doctrine and I have, I'm, I'm in a sound solid church. But then uh, in the last 10 years, we saw people with good doctrine and people that we would look up to. And then you find out that something comes out, either it's an abuse of power or it's, uh, it's, it's something to do with uh, sexual immorality or financial, financial scandal. And, and that shakes you. So uh, for me, I, I think it's, it would be foolish of me to think that I'm immune from money, from the temptations of money, sex, and power. Uh, and I have to remember that there's a lot at stake that um, Satan does have, like, we're not special people as pastors, but Satan has a target on our back because if we fall in, in any of those ways, you know, it, it damages the church. It hurts the church. And so if he, if he brings down the spiritual leaders of the church and the servants of the church, then, then he can get to the church that way and discourage a lot of people. So, so, so that's what I was trying to say. Um, your question, should you be worried? You should always be worried about your pastors. Uh, the, the way I see the way I see my role is that is that my gifts, um, 
you know, my gifts are, uh, am I calling in my gifts uh, to the local body of Christ? I'm, I'm not an itinerary preacher, uh, but my, my, my part to play here at FCBC Walnut um, are pastoral roles of preaching, leadership, pastoring, counseling. Uh, but but I'm, I'm very much held accountable as a member of the church. And so uh, you should be able to ask me anytime, like, like, why are you talking to that person? You know, how's your finances? What are you doing? Uh, it is it is a real uh, the fine line between how do I say it? it you can slip very easily mm. and so you can press in more on that but um, I think you asked the third question is is what do I do um, and there's a there's a lot of things I, I do to try to guard against it one when it, when it comes to, to females uh, you'll notice that I try my best well, we have policies. I don't do any counseling one-to-one with females. Yes, I'll do um, a membership interview or something like that, but I'll, I'll let them know I need to keep my door open. And it's always on the church campus where it's not going to be like, oh, meet me at church at 8 p.m. at night, you know, when the office is closed. Uh, yeah. So this is pre- pre-COVID. Uh, nice. but, but, it, but, but it would be where, you know, I would tell the secretary, I would tell the office staff like, hey, this person's coming in to see me. They come in, they check in, you know, they get walked to the back and you know, the doors open uh, and the secretary can come in and hear anything or come check on me or whatnot. Uh, and, and we, it's not long. I'm not going to meet with a female at Starbucks or a coffee house or, or have lunch with, with one. Um, yeah, there's exceptions in the past where uh, I might meet with a grandma <laughs> with, with a very old auntie uh, and, and talk about things. Uh, but, but my wife would be very, you know, she would, she would know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, and, and on Sundays, you, you won't see me uh, purposely pursuing conversations with females or, or in a group with females, uh, just laughing along. If anything, I'm with the same guys. I'd rather be criticized for that. I'm with the same guys talking theology, talking sports, um, you know, and, and I'll go around and I'll try to talk to families and I'll talk to couples and things like that. So, so I try to make sure I know every single female that's going to be around me. I don't want to be surprised. And, and, you know, if there's, you know, you just have to be very careful. Uh, Power is also real. Uh, There are a lot of times where, where I think to myself, like I mentioned this in my sermon, where I'm sitting in meetings and I'm like, well, I'm technically, I have the title of English lead pastor. So if I propose an idea, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, why don't you guys challenge me? But other times they challenge me and I'm like, well, I've thought a lot about this. So why can't you just listen to me? And, and, and so that's when the, the reminder comes in right away. You're not a dictator, you're a servant. You're, you're supposed to lead them and guide them. You don't dictate to them. And it's good for people to challenge you. It's good for people to uh, be different from you and at least give a different perspective. Uh, it's good for people to hold you accountable. And, um, and, and there's, there's other things, but those are, those are a few things uh, that I, I'm, I'm personally well aware of. Yeah, let's uh, let's follow back on on what you were saying. The the fine line and the, you know, it's easy to slip. You wanna you wanna talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I I think it's. I mean, this conversation could go two hours. I mean, so I think it depends. I mean, if you if you talk about let's 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 talk about power. You know, people people mm-hmm. look up to you. And um, a, a lot of times for pastors who are very reputable, if they're the lead pastor of their church, then people are actually looking at them to make the final decision on things. 
Mm-hmm. People want to give money to where you want them to direct it to. They're going to come ask you. They're not going to go ask the treasurer. They're going to come ask you, you know, and, and I, I want to give this, where can I give it to where, where there is a need, you know, you can, you can literally funnel uh, funds, right. If, if you're not careful, I mean, obviously our church has all these protections in place that won't allow us to do that, but, but it's right there. Uh, people honor you all the time. Uh, people praise you all the time. So, uh, you know, sometimes you get, you get some criticism. Uh, and, and so I do think it can, it can get to your head where, where you start to think, okay, I don't have to follow these rules. I can get around, or you, you're at a church long enough. You're like, I know how I can get my way. Mm-hmm. I, I know how to play the game. I know who to talk to, who to press on and, and, and how to get my way. Uh, and so knowing all that as a reality, uh, it's, it's best that I keep myself you know, limited in, in power, limited in, in, uh, in, in what I do and, uh, you know, make sure that I'm always putting myself under authority, um, always subjecting myself to, to the systems and the protocols. So I'm, I'm a big guy on always following the reimbursement protocols, the, the bylaw protocols. So sometimes you'll, you'll see me emphasize that I, I, mm. I there's times where I, I caught myself, like, you know, someone else is, is doing a ministry, like maybe they're teaching a class, like you're teaching a class, uh, you and John, and because you're my friends, I just interrupt you. Like I just walk in there on a Sunday morning, uh, and you guys don't mind, but I'm like, "Hey guys," and I say hi to your whole class. Look, if if I did, if if I was new at the church, if I was from outside, uh, I probably wouldn't do that, you know. But but yeah. so I I start thinking to myself, why would I do that? Because I won't get in trouble, you know. Because people might like it. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So I have to remember, like, I can't walk into the office and just do whatever I want and open whatever drawers I want uh, and pull out what and use any equipment that I want. You know, mm-hmm. I have the keys to the whole church. Um, so I have to be careful. Yes, there are some benefits that, you know, as an employee, as a servant, as a leader, you can take advantage of. But um, I want to be very, very careful. You know, so so power can be abused. Privilege can can be abused. And uh, I'm well aware of that. And the same thing for, for sexual immorality. Mm. Now, I appreciate you admitting, I guess, the fact that, I just, just admitting it, the fact that it, that it's there, that you could do these things. I mean, obviously you, you, you face like those checks and balances, right? But yeah, you could potentially scheme your way around them, or you can find a way to, to manipulate the system. I mean, this is horrible that I'm saying this, right? But yeah, I mean, I think it's just, just trying to be real and upfront as possible, right? Is it hard yeah. for you to admit this in front of the congregation? No, it's not. I mean, I've always been pretty transparent. You know, um, I've, you know, I, I understand the the privilege I've been given, the honor I've been given. Uh, I understand the, the what I've been entrusted with. And uh, God has opened a lot of doors uh, for me, at, in particular at FCBC Walnut and, and Pete people have been very kind to me. And uh, when I first came back to FCBC Walnut, I think a lot of people questioned uh, my character or whether I could do it because I had such a rough childhood, a rough, rough, uh, rough past that people couldn't believe that God was calling me into ministry. So there was a season where I had to earn a lot of the trust. uh, And I made mistakes along the way, but people have stuck with me. And I don't take that for granted. So, So I think that's why uh, I have to be very careful. In some ways, I can be very comfortable being at the church for a long time, uh, but but on another front, I can't. I shouldn't grow so comfortable that it becomes entitlement. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah, 
so, so, so those are something. So yeah, if people give me criticism, you know, I try my best to really examine myself and, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness or, or apologize if, if need be. Um, and I try to not surround myself with yes men. Hmm. Um, although sometimes when you're at a church long enough and, 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 you know, you do a lot of disciple making for the Lord, then a lot of the people who end up sticking around and being part of leadership, you know, you, you've kind of influenced them. Uh, hmm. I think God has always been gracious to me in in that I've always had to lead people who are older than me. So you, you don't look at them as yes men or yes mm -hmm. women. Right, right, right. I, I, dealt, I dealt with the uh, opposite uh, fears of having to please them because they're older and wiser and having more life experience. I, I, I was the guy who was apologizing all the time for being too young or not having enough experience. So I think, but God kind of used that to, to keep me humble. There's a lot of days where, where I think, uh, wow, you know, I'm, you know, I'll have a lot of friends who are senior pastor already. Uh, I'm almost hitting a certain age. And um, at what point do I, can I lead an entire organization? And then God reminds me right away uh, to say, well, you know, he'll open the door when the time comes, if that's what he wants. But, but look, you know, there's a lot of things you don't know, and there's a lot of things you can't handle. And so I, I've, I've always been grateful for, uh, for the two senior pastors that I've worked under. And their graciousness, me learning from them, and them giving me a lot of opportunities. So, so yeah, the temptation is always there to compare, uh, to to think that you know better, to think that 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 I can lead the church better, uh, that I have a better vision for the English, that I you know things like that, um, that that I should be preaching every single week, <laughs> uh, right? There's 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 always that there's always that temptation, and it always comes into check. Um, mm -hmm. and, and family life, you know, us as pastors, we struggle just like everybody else. We get in arguments with our spouse. We get mad at our kids. We have to ask our kids for forgiveness. We get stressed out. We're not always consistent, you know? Uh, and, and so that's a humbling reality where, you know, we have to take care of things at home mm -hmm. and, and really, uh, be held accountable in that regard too. So, so those are, those are all the facets, I guess, that keep us grounded and and humbled and um and yeah so so a little bit there <laughs> yeah man i'm really loving this conversation hanley uh but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move on um but we should pick this up again i feel like you're uh divulging a little bit more about yourself which is good i need to hear all of these things um <laughs> you did say that um you you're not going to be preaching for four weeks out of the month and i believe uh christmas and new year's is coming soon What's on the preaching schedule for this? I think if there's two weeks left in December, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, left? yeah. Well, well, Pastor Albert's going to preach a Christmas message this Sunday. Okay. So that's not going to be from 1 Corinthians. Okay. And then he's also going to preach the following week. That's just the schedule. So he goes two weeks. And uh, then I come back in, I think, in January is okay. when, I, when I preach next. So one of the Sundays in January, I preach next. And when I come back in, we're back in Corinthians. Okay. Uh, I, I, I might make some adjustments to, to, to what I decide to do. So we'll, we'll see. What do you mean? You mean if you decide to, well, to change I, the I, book or what do you mean? No. Yeah. I, I think it's too long. I mean, so, so mm -hmm. this is a perfect example of not abusing uh, privilege <laughs> and authority. It is <laughs> like if, if, First off, if I just broke from 1 Corinthians and did whatever I want and preached whatever I want, like nobody would complain, nobody would know, 
people right. actually be happy. Some people be like, oh, you're really addressing <laughs> a current issue. And, and I would actually get full blessing from the senior pastor. And, and what would happen is that we would just skip over, but we would be out of line with Cantonese and Mandarin. Mm. Uh, and, and the whole beauty of that is that we're one church, right, not right, three right. churches. We're one church. Right. And what's unique is that what divides us is just language and culture. Uh, like Acts 6, where there were Hebraic Jews who needed Hebraic deacons. And you, you had these Hellenistic Jews who needed Hellenistic deacons and leaders because of language and culture. But, but what unites us is that we, we sit under the same teaching. We're under one word. So every single week we're expository. We're doing expository preaching. Everyone's going through first Corinthians four, one to five last week. It's just a different language. Uh, so we're very different from, from like a majority uh, white church that uh, has like five services, right? But, but we're different languages, but it is one word uh, and, and we have to be divided because of language. So, uh, so when I break away, I'm very careful uh, to say, okay, I want to maintain that ecclesiology and that, that uh, reverberation of, of scripture, uh, right. the regulative principle as best as possible. <laughs> but um, I, I do feel like the sermons have been too long because mm -hmm. I've been mm -hmm. trying to be a pastor, mm -hmm. not just a teacher. If I was mm -hmm. just teaching, I would just teach the text. Okay. But I, I want to pastors people... Uh, people's hearts. So I'm not sure what's going to happen by January. There's a huge election coming in Georgia uh, right. you know, for our church. I think some people are going to be stressing out over that. Uh, there's also, you know, vaccines are starting to slowly be rolled out or right. I, mean, I guess the, the first nurse from Kaiser got her shot like today right. or yesterday yeah. or something. And so, uh, but, but that vaccine is not going to get to, you know, the average person until, you know, much later. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day is our, our, what are people going to be thinking after Christmas and New Year's? Are we still going to be in a safer at home? Uh, and so if I really need to shepherd the heart and, and speak to certain issues, then I may just audible and not even touch First Corinthians. And mm. I think people will be okay with that because I'll just come back to it later rather than trying to force it together and yeah. then making the sermons like an hour. So I might, I might make that change. We'll see. Well, with COVID vaccines coming, what can we expect for 2021? Like, are, are you personally thinking, okay, we're going to stay outside for the rest of, of 2021? Like, how, how far in advance are you preparing this? We have a new building that's like, you know, they took down the walls. We can actually see what's going on a little bit right now. Yeah, well, what are you projecting for the future? I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't have the gift of prophecy in that sense. <laughs> but uh, what, what sense do you have the gift of prophecy then? Uh, the, the way where, where you prophetically <laughs> preach the word of God, it's, it's the conservative interpretation. But, but <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I think to, uh, I, I heard a, a medical news report or something I read somewhere uh, that maybe by September, uh, will reach 75%. That, that's, I mean, that's just an estimate. Right. And, and when I hear that, I'm like, wow. Okay. So it makes sense that, okay, it's already December. Frontline medical workers are going to get it first. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's probably other, other medical workers like yourself and, um, and, and maybe some other doctors working in the big hospitals. They'll probably get it in January, February. Mm -hmm. uh, at what point are the elderly going to get it? Uh, mm -hmm. And then someone like me, you know, when am I going to get it? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then you got, you just keep going and then it's two, uh, two, two, two shots, right? Three weeks apart. For right. Yeah. Something vaccine. like that. Right. Right. So, so when we're considering all of this, uh, I, I think maybe it'll be summertime. People will feel a little more comfortable, warm weather. It's not flu season. Mm -hmm. um, more people are vaccinated. 
uh, and then maybe in uh, September, you know, come, yeah, I, I think that's about right. So I don't know when we'll go back indoors. Uh, I, I know right now, if we said uh, in April or May, we're going to have a huge indoor gathering, um, I, I, even if the government allowed us to do that freely, I don't know how comfortable our people would be, right? Our people right, are right. pretty conservative. And, you know, for, for us, um, you know, we always want to be supportive of our medical staff too. So if our medical staff uh, tells us something and tells us, uh, like, hey, here's the, here's the situation in the hospitals. This is not political. This is real. This is what we're going through. You know, so, so when we have nurses who work in the ICU tell us stuff, um, you know, we tend to listen uh, there in the front lines or when doctors tell us things then we listen. Uh, and so, but God's been good to us that we've been able to meet outdoors. So I, I can't answer that clearly. <laughs> no, no, and, and that's okay. And for the record, we do have a reopening task force still, right? Yes. So yeah. the decision is not on you alone to make that decision, I guess. Correct. <laughs> we, got, Correct. We, got a, we got a division of power over here. Um, Pastor Hanley, I don't know if we're going to um, be able to record another episode for 2020, but what a year it's been, man. And um, I don't know. Crazy. I it's kind of crazy to think how how long we've been doing these walnut commentary episodes now i i don't remember the first one i think we were like recording on my phone or something like that but here we are broadcasting live doing it via zoom um not even in the same room what a what a what a blessing man thanks so much for doing this with me and for being open to these crazy ideas and for um i think communicating to our church and even being willing to broadcast yourself to the larger church uh to our family and friends that are also watching and listening thanks so much for doing this man well before you sign off let me let me let me say thank you for doing all our social media you know so you're you're very consistent in keeping us abreast of the social media and i know that you do a lot of work uh off to the side where you're pushing forward in ways where uh you know our our generation next generation really needs people like you who can think theologically clearly uh and something you've been doing i'm not on instagram that much i have an instagram i look at it i i I just figured out you know i i look at people's stories here and there now um but i guess you've been doing all these book reviews and so i want (laughs) to i want to congratulate you i mean you're you're getting yourself out there you you got some pretty good interviews uh with with some some maybe semi-celebrity people no i'm you're but uh i saw something that my wife shared with me uh and uh, in Instagram, where uh, the Good Book Company rated you as one of the top uh, book reviewers to to read, so I want to congratulate you for that, and say keep up the good work and keep giving us those free books that you get to review. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That, thanks for the plug. I didn't ask for this, so thank you. Thank you. For no, he didn't ask for it. You know, I I'm, didn't ask I'm, for I'm, this. I'm, I'm I'm the radio host now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, it it's fun. It's definitely fun, and. Um, yeah, man, there, there's just a lot of stuff that we need to think through in terms of social media and how we use the internet and especially as a church moving forward. I mean, I think this, I think COVID really put us on the, I don't know, on the fast track to having to think through internet and technology and discipleship and just all these different things. And so thank you, Hanley, for being open to this. And um, even with that first, uh, that first conversation we had when I said that we should uh, just have... Um, what I say, I said we should have the the male leaders in the homes just <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> just leading leading Sunday services at home. 
what a what a journey man what a year what a year yeah thanks for thanks for um thanks for sticking with it man and uh i look forward to seeing what god does with our church and with you personally and even with us as friends in 2021 sounds good excellent <laughs> see you next time man bye all right bye thanks bye